Hey everyone, welcome back to the Don't Hug a Mad Raccoon podcast. We're super excited to have you along with us as we continue on um, this podcast journey. Today is an exciting podcast for a number of reasons, one of them being the fact that we are talking about my brand new song that I released with Revision Worship called For Eternity, and it's actually uh, what is playing behind me right now, the instrumental for that is playing right now. So um, we're going to get into that a little bit into the podcast. Um, we begin by uh, just addressing um, kind of what we did over our Christmas breaks, talking about some NBA news. So feel free to skip over that if that doesn't interest you. Um, and then we dive into the exciting um, details of this new song. So stick around and I hope that you guys enjoy the podcast. Welcome to episode two of Don't Hug a Mad Raccoon. Let's go. We're back after a brief hiatus um, for the holidays, Christmas, New Year's, all of the above. Um, so yeah, we're excited to be back. It's myself, Grant, along with Phil and Seth. And actually for this week, um, you guys have kind of, you guys deemed me in week one the, I guess, facilitator of the discussion, but the I'm handing those keys over to Phil today. Phil has uh, all the ideas, so he's gonna do he's gonna do most It'll of the talking sense. today. It'll and, make sense and why you guys will be happy about that because you won't have to go, hear my voice. Before we much. go any further, by the way, I did not properly shout out my wife in the last podcast, and I I did not get in trouble for it. But I do have a beautiful wife named Nikki that was not properly introduced <laughs> on the last podcast. Good job. I apologize, and I love you. We may proceed. Did anybody else get hi, any Nikki, feedback? If you're listening, way? if you're listening, hi Nikki. Did you guys get any feedback on the first episode? I don't know. We didn't really about like, you hating on your wife yeah. or about the podcast. I know, general. I know. You heard that feedback as well. I heard that feedback. I, I no, I didn't. I didn't talk to really anybody about yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, we we had a uh, Cody. You know who you are. <laughs> we appreciate the tips. Yeah, like, that wasn't even feedback, man. He just roasted the podcast. <laughs> We love you, Cody. Off to Just because your muscles are bigger than ours. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, Grant said that he was handing over the keys to you, Phil, oh, to, yeah, to facilitate this. And all I could do was think about you as a janitor at Ankeny High School with yeah. all the keys. So, F facilities guy. Facilities guy. So, what we're going to do first is we're just going to give. So, Christmas and New Year's have passed since we. It's now 2019. So, we're just going to go around real quick. One highlight from Christmas. Slash New Year's, go. We're starting with Seth. I'll start. Seth, all yes. right. Christmas it was all over Central Iowa and up in Mason City. Good time. Best gift. I got a scale for um, brewing coffee, and I also got some prints from Scott Fuller. Shout out Studio Temporary, Ooh. Scott Fuller in Atlanta. I love you. Good work. Uh, good graphic designs from from Mr. Scott Fuller. Okay, they're designed like they're yep. not. Are they photographs? Uh, prints. So yeah, graphic design. What were they prints. up? Um, it's a hard work series that he did. So it's just um, three prints that it's hard to explain. It's just hard work. Like, like hands, fists. Okay, okay. Yeah, With like text that. or anything or not no, really? No text, just all graphics. Yeah. Okay. So Very cool. I'm kind of confused as to what it is, but we'll discuss that. Yeah. We'll see point, it when, sure. when you invite us over for dinner yeah, again sometime right. soon. Yeah. Yes. I'm sure they're up. hanging in your kitchen. Yeah. Almost. Not all yet. right. Grant, you're up. Oh, man. All right. Highlight for me is, I got to say, probably 
gaining a sister in the family. Mm. My bro got married, so we were out in Colorado and got to be in my brother's wedding. It's the first wedding I've ever been in, so that was exciting. Nice. Not because I have zero friends, but because none of my friends have gotten married yet. So, Do I want to make a weed joke? Yes. Am I going to refrain? Yes. (laughs) Oh, because of Colorado? Because of Colorado. Yeah. Okay. But... That was exciting. The wedding went very smoothly. It's good. Um, we got to do a little skiing while we were out there, a little hiking while we were out there. The wedding day was actually very cold, so that was a bit unfortunate. But it was snowy, so the pictures looked really nice. And, and you were in yeah, Denver? Just super excited. We were actually in Colorado Springs for the oh, wedding. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Um, Undisclosed location. Yeah. So that that's definitely the highlight for me. It was a good time. Cool. All right. I was well, ready to be back, though. By the end of it, just because well, we, we were there missed for a while. you, honestly. That's right. I missed I, you guys. I cried a couple times. It's been I a missed while. you guys. Thanks for picking me up from the airport, by the way, too. Yeah, dude. Such good times. Yeah. That was clutch. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my highlight is materialistic because I'm shallow, but I also got coffee stuff. I got a Chemex, dude, and I'm hyped about it. And I've made a Chem, I've made, I've brewed coffee with Chemex. Pretty much every day since I've gotten it. Do you? Is there a noticeable difference in flavor? Uh, uh, I mean, to you? Yes, I, I would okay. say so yep. for myself. Mm-hmm. Which we can dig into this. This is another great podcast topic, but we'll do um, that another day. Yeah, yeah it, it is a noticeable difference in that uh, I didn't really know what to expect, but it has been. And you guys prime. are both both of you black coffee drinkers, yep. straight black. Yep. Like not any yeah. cream and sugar. Yeah, I got a little hair on my chest. I'll uh, I'll uh, drink some black coffee. I, I just can't do the straight black yet. That's all right, man. I think there's room for everyone in the coffee world. But, I mean, are Seth and I better than you? Yeah. Like, I think that's the reality of this situation. And moving right along. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Other big news that happened since last time we left, uh, or since last time we recorded, we're going to move into a segment that is probably a one-time segment called Tibbs Talk. And, and feel free to skip ahead if you're not into... <laughs> sports or specifically like the nba yeah uh since we we can we can tend to go down some rabbit trails well, this is the thing this. this is really good because we haven't really discussed it and grant you're a big timberwolves fan obviously mm. being from minnesota mm-hmm. and then with being in iowa we care about the timberwolves so first take let's hear it how do we feel about not just being fired as coach but also president of basketball operations it was inevitable, I think. I mean, he was going to get fired probably. I think everyone just kind of assumed it would be at the end of the year after the whole Jimmy Butler situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially after, so they fired Jimmy Butler and it's been like two months. I mean, two plus months probably, right? Since he's been traded? Since he was traded. I was going to say, did they fire him Close, or trade yeah. him? I meant trade. If yeah, I said I fire, you. I meant no, trade. I know, I know what you mean. Um, so time had passed to the point where it was like, all right, at this point, Tibbs is probably just coached the rest of the year. But as a like Timberwolves fan who's watched games, watched games, watched games, honestly, I've been, after almost every game, I'm just like, ugh, can't wait for Tibbs to be gone. Really? <laughs> yes. Because, and and I'm, I'm, I'm a little curious from all of the media talk and, and from what I hear, it's, it came as such a surprise, like... What are the Timberwolves going to do now? Are they in a rebuilding mode? I'm not even sure that they're like... I think they're going to be better off without him, to be honest, because his rotations were brutal. 
He worked guys into the floor. He has zero ability to connect with, I think, the modern NBA player as just a coach and as a personality. Mm-hmm. And especially like Towns and Wiggins, those guys, it just seemed like he was not on the same wavelength at all as them. And so as a Wolves fan, I'm, I'm very, and I think as most Wolves fans are, because they would, I mean, at home games, they'd introduce players, fans would cheer, they'd introduce Tibbs, and all the fans would boo. So mm, that's a bad sign. So it's a bad sign for your for your culture when when the fans are not behind your coach, and so it was inevitable. It was coming. Um, mostly, m- even more than Tibbs being gone, I'm excited for Ryan Saunders actually to get a chance. I was going to say how because, are you feeling good about him because he's been this kind is of the a interim guy, coach by the way. Yep, the interim coach for the time being with potentially a chance to win the job, um, but he's been a guy that a lot of people have been really high on. He's a young guy in the league. He relates really well to the guys. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of been one of his biggest talking points since, um, I mean, wh- when did it happen? Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, in their interviews and everything. And it seems like all the, all the players really like him as a person and they connect really well just on a like uh, personality level. Um, and honest, in, at, of any sport, I feel like basketball is the most important for you to be able to do that. Like as a coach, to be able to connect just – personally with your players is mm-hmm. so huge because because the coaching aspect in basketball and I actually coached um a high school C team back in the day so I like Did I have a little really? coaching experience so I so I like why didn't they take you as the interim head coach yeah I know right well, um <laughs> okay I was expecting a couple more laughs but okay guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. um but just like there's basketball is there's such a um I think you're, you're leading through your through your your passion almost and you're leading through um you almost you're almost like telling and and giving vision to your players more than any other position like position of a coach because i think there's just less less like in-game decision making that a coach has in basketball aside from the rotations that and the end of game stuff pretty much yeah there's just less coaching that goes on and so it's really important in the nba and in any basketball coaching position, I think, to connect with players. And I've always thought that before Tibbs was even in Minnesota, before anything, just as a coach, I've always thought that that's so important mm-hmm. with basketball players especially. I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah, I think a change was due. Kind of like what you were talking about. is like There's definitely strategy in basketball, but I think a lot of the head coaching role is just personality management and <laughs> team like cohesiveness and right. – he might. I think Tibbs was good at that at one point, but I think overall, with the talent he has, they've probably underperformed during his tenure. So for sure, uh, you know. And then you lose Jimmy Butler, and it's they. They're not as of right now when we're recording this. They're not in the playoffs, and they should be in the playoffs. So it's they should like, be. But they also have been above five hundred since the trade. Yeah, correct. So, so I should say that that I mean they're two games out from fourth place so it's like right. you know it's just a, it's a tight race but still i mean they have the talent to be a lot higher than where they're at but yeah i mean yeah so the other big thing um is that so this we, is gonna this is taking a turn here right this yeah is, yeah this so is we're gonna kind of change into the, of pace. to the to the beef of the the episode here um so background if, i think this was stated but um grant and seth and i we all go to the same church we all met i met seth in college but we met grant at at church and so we all go to the same church 
Grant is the worship pastor at the church we go to. And so kind of big thing that happened that wasn't really discussed on the first pod. I don't even know if it was going on on the first pod, though. But um, Yeah, because I showed you that night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so we just didn't discuss it. But basically, Grant, um, I mean, it was really just you, right? Like, Uh, obviously, team effort. It was a, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. But anyways, Revision Worship has released a worship song, and that was pretty much quarterbacked by the worship pastor at Revision who is sitting at the table right now. We have him in studio. Grant <laughs> Anderson. Oh, my goodness. Um, but, yeah, so first we'll promo it, and it's Revision Worship on Spotify or wherever. The song's yep. called For anyway. Eternity. Um, so because we are – it's the first song we've ever released, not a ton of backing support to go into it. If you type in For Eternity, it's going to be down the list a long ways. Sure. So type in for eternity revision church and it'll pop right on up. Yeah. Um, so quick, just rating. I mean, I would give it out of ten, a ten out of ten on like a banger, right? Like yes. I just it's yes. an absolute smacker. Ten out of ten. Seth, what would you give it as a rating? Unanimous ten out of ten. Okay. I mean, Shaq, good. everybody's throwing up the tens at the dunk contest yes. for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a three sixty. Far just too generous. Swirl slam right there is what we'll call it. Um, that was nice. But on a more serious note, um, we'll kind of. I don't know. We just thought this episode would be good to just. Uh, I, here's kind of the reason, I guess, that I'm more quarterback in these questions. It's not that I'm not a creative person because these two guys would tell me I am a creative person, but Grant Facts. created a song from nothing. Seth does graphic design stuff, creates things from nothing. I don't really have anything in life that I do that, which is fine with me, but I really enjoy seeing that stuff happen so it's really fun for me to just talk to these guys about that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. so i guess grant we'll kind of start with you here and we might throw some questions at seth he may chime in um but so first things first where did the inspiration to even create a song come from right because most churches are hey, we'll just kind of run the same Christmas songs. We got a couple that we like. This one worked really well last year. This one's big this year. I don't know, right? So, mm-hmm. like, why why are you, like, this year we're going to have our own song? Yeah, so, really, it... I've never found myself to be, like, s- super gifted as a songwriter. I've actually kind of always backed away from that, I think, because I've always thought, eh, I'm not... It's not, like one of my super strong strengths. Um, but I have along, you know, just the line from time to time, like a lyrical hit me or something where I'm like, Oh, that would be like cool to implement that into a song. So I'll just like jot it down in my notes or something like that. Most of the time I never go back and even look at that, look at the lyric or anything. They're all in there. So I could, I guess, and maybe someday I will. But, um, so yeah, I just have never really thought of myself as a songwriter, um, my, br- so I have two brothers who are both quite musical. I have four brothers total, but two of them pretty musical grew up, um, playing music together. And actually my younger brother, um, he's really gifted songwriter. So I've always kind of just kind of delegated the songwriting duties over to him and enjoyed seeing that. Um, <clears throat> but in this season, so, so as a, as a worship pastor, I've always found it so. So this, as a little background, this song kind of um, became a Christmas song. It's not f- really fully a like if you listen to it, 
minus the bridge where it sings oh say, come let little, us adore him bridge of a christmas song in there but yeah. there's it's it's got that christmas tie but other than that it's not like a supremely christmasy song necessarily um and even that oh come let us adore him line like if you didn't just have the idea of it being a christmas line because yeah. of the song like you wouldn't think it's a christmas lyric you know um and so so wording wise it's not fully christmas but it just became christmas and and that was the goal because i've always found as a as a worship pastor that christmas music can be tough because you either you want to play like the traditional classics that everybody knows and sometimes those are harder to mix in with your style of whatever you might you know uh, kind of a worship band style you can do it but um it's a little bit trickier and then sometimes it just gets repetitive and you're like yeah i want something different you know and on the flip side all the christmas songs that christian artists write for themselves i don't know i've just always found them to be kind of um a little more performance driven and just like great for a Christmas concert, great for a Christmas CD, yeah. but like in church when you're trying to like call people into this encounter with Jesus, it's kind of like, well, that's not like exactly what right. I'm looking for. A little too commercial. So really my whole goal behind it, I was just kind of planning out Christmas stuff and I was sitting in my office thinking, well, maybe I should just write a Christmas song. And so the whole vision behind it was, okay, if I'm going to do this, I need to write like a worship song first that has some Christmas ties so that we can work it in with like the Christmas season and the message of Christmas. Um, and so really that's where it, where it came from. And, um, and that's how it came to be, I guess. Okay. When, yeah. when did you start thinking about that? Cause yeah, you showed me question. some lyrics at a coffee shop. It was and then, fast. Yeah. It was really, it was a, a f- blazing fast process. I mean, I think it was probably like basically December one. I like yeah. had the idea and we got coffee. I might, I told, did I just share you, the lyrics with you or few, what? Yeah. You had started to type them out and had shown me those, but yeah, it was like, yeah, very late November, or super early December and then right. Christmas. If you don't know. Yeah. 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 I think it was December. literally <laughs> in our souls for all of you, yes. Ukrainians who celebrate <laughs> Christmas on a different day. Shout out um, to all the Ukrainians <laughs> listening to our podcast. First of all, thank you for being here. Wow, we have truly made it if that's the case. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I think it was literally like that week or maybe even that day probably. I went back to the office and I just was like, all right, I'm going to try and hammer this out and see what comes of it. And the lyrics came really pretty fast. Um, yeah, I was going to say, chorus, how, how long do you think you spent? I mean, a day, maybe, Okay. writing the lyrics. Lyrics lyrics just, boom, came, which is rare, I think, um, in songwriting. And so I I, I just, like, kind of was, like, came up with something. So really, I just had, like, a a one verse, and then the chorus just, like, boom. Also, just, like, probably within, like, five minutes, I was just sitting there typing, and it was just, like, all of a sudden, it was just, like, I'm, like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was just, like, there. Sweet. So... Like, so the chorus was, was really fast. I had this one verse and then I, I kind of behind the whole thing, I was just like, I want it to be simple. I don't want it to be like too much where it's like, I don't know. I I don't know. So, so I just ended up repeating that verse, using it again. Um, and then pulling, uh, Oh, come let us adore him. And then we'll give you all the glory, which to the same melody. Yeah. Um, 
just ended up pulling that as the bridge and i think it worked really well for yeah. just the the theme of the song and the message of the song Newsflash. Um, yeah it did it was great mm-hmm. um and we'll play that song on the podcast here oh, at the for end sure yeah so that you guys can all hear it so um i guess the next thing i mean kind of the next step in the process there is so it's not like grant anderson himself is going out and releasing this song so right. what does it look like i mean you have a staff that you work with mm-hmm. so what does it look like to approach you know the lead pastor and this is a church plant, so it's not like you guys got a studio sitting in the back, right, with a right. bunch of recording equipment like maybe some bigger churches have. Right. But what does it look like to approach, um, in this sense, it's almost like approaching a boss and being like, hey, this yeah, is something so, I want to do. And, like, you know, does he sign people? To, I don't know. How does that right, process right. look? So, so it was all, it, I mean, again, it, it all happened so fast where I had the song, got the melody, like made a quick demo track, basically. And I kind of just had it there and was listening to it. And I was like, there could be something here. And I was like, so if I want to sing it, if I want to like introduce this to church, mm-hmm. like I think it would be really valuable and really cool to be able to also give them like a MP3, you know, or have, have it so that they can go and listen to an actual recorded version to have at home. Cause it's kind of lame if they're just like, it they was really hear it good. Yeah, but three times at church, it. but they have they don't even remember it, you know. Yeah, and so um, and so that was kind of my my focus behind it was okay. So I mean, it, I I would love to get this recorded. So I have a friend in Minnesota who um, does some producing and is and is really good. Um, and he's actually the worship pastor at one of the churches that helped plant revision. So that's kind of cool. Um, but basically, I just talked with him and I was like, okay what does this look like? And originally I was kind of like, I mean, I would be willing to maybe throw a little bit of cash towards it to get it produced too. Um, and maybe split the cost with whatever revision could potentially, um, help out with. And, um, well, uh, so I'm curious, I mean, you don't have to put a dollar amount to it, but what are you paying for? Are you paying for studio you time? You pay for the production. So I didn't okay. produce it. So I, right. so I go in, um, and, and I'll explain that in a second. Um, but basically, yeah, I, I talked to the producer, just got a rundown of, okay, what's this going to take in order to make it? Um, he kind of told me, you know, you're going to want probably a live drummer to come in and record live drums. Um, you'll need me to produce it. You'll need maybe a space for the to record the live drums, to, so rent that out for a little bit, and then someone to, like, master the whole track at the very end. Um, and so kind of gave me that. I went to Mike, and I was like, hey, this idea I've got, I've got a song. Um, and honestly, he just was pretty much right from the get go. Like, yeah, let's do it. And so pretty supportive. We made it happen and it was just boom, boom, boom. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. And, uh, and so really the, the crazy thing was that it, I mean, in terms, terms of the turnaround for how fast that we went from like getting the idea down on paper to having it like done ready to go to like all the platforms it was the fastest that zach who is the producer had ever done i turned a song turned a song around like ever so so it was it was it was tight december 1st was like so original idea slash start of the see if i can even like if i can go back to well you got the i guess you got the the track right for our uh, first podcast. It was yeah. that day, right? 
that was when we got it. Yeah. So I know like the rough, roughly the day of when we okay, which would have got it available two three weeks. So so we released it on the twenty third onto Spotify. Um. Which was, I would have loved to have had it to people a little sooner so that they could like listen to it throughout Christmas. Um, but it, I mean, it was already that tight. Now. So, and we'll be able to kind of re advertise for it next year when Christmas rolls around again. So that'll be cool. Um, but yeah, so I would say, I would say, say it was like December 3rd or 4th that I like call Zach for the first time, like, hey, I got this idea. Can we pull this off? Yes, let's make it happen. I go the next Monday, which was probably four days later, and drive up to Minnesota. And, or no, it was like a Friday and a Saturday, or Thursday, Friday. So say it was Monday that I contacted him. Thursday, I go up there. And so Thursday and Friday, we start recording. Um, he tracks drums with the drummer, who, by the way, was a stud drummer, Steve Gould. Shout out to Steve Gould. Um, Stevie. The, that, I, I was, that was, that was, pretty cool to have him be able to drum for it he's drummed for a lot of really great artists uh such as coldplay ben rector okay oh wow sarah borelli's uh matt kearney i don't know and Those now others people. and now revision worship and That's now right. revision worship yes to the team, exactly Steve. yes <laughs> <laughs> um so so drums then the next monday following that and then like boom he had a day basically that he spent like final mixing it like mixing it producing it adding some synth parts and effects and stuff like that your zach zach is doing this on so say tuesday and then got it to me wednesday probably and we put it up online immediately after that so that because it takes probably a week at least for spotify and all the platforms to like approve a track and so and you did not get the explicit designation on. We did song, not. Right? No. Okay. So no, no E. If you so see the for eternity with the E next to it, yes, not not that song. one. Yeah, this is child appropriate, family Christmas friendly, Christmas appropriate, um, performed from a church stage appropriate. <laughs> right. Um, yes. Okay. So just backing up a little bit. So there's like little things like to me who's not like. Once again. I would say I'm not creative. You guys would disagree with me, but I, there's no way in a gajillion years that I could ever like create a song like you did. So even so, from the writing, like how do you decide? Like okay, these are the instruments I want in there because you're throwing out synth, you're throwing out drums. Like how do you know you don't want a violin mm-hmm. in there? You know, yeah. halfway joking, but yeah. also serious. No, and then that's a good things question. like how do you know like what what sounds good? Like obviously mm-hmm. you know your own voice, but I'm I'm just saying like little things. Like a lot that. of it is experience and playing in bands and knowing what fills out certain parts of a song and what instruments do what to create certain emotions and all that kind of stuff. Um, but really a lot of it was Zach too. Um, and, and a lot of it was the collaboration of being there together and being like, you know, mapping it out, creating just a, a you know, a timeline of, of what the song is going to look like and where it's going to go and what it's going to do. And so, I mean, I had my ideas going into it obviously since I wrote it, but then, Zach had a, a ton of great instrumentation ideas for, oh, this would be a sweet like synth part. This would be a cool way to use in the song. Actually, kind of the main synth line is actually my voice. And so I recorded all the vocals for it. Oh, and then right. and then I went in and like ad-libbed over it basically and did like a bunch of Justin Bieber-like sounds, you know, 
and he takes better those examples, better, he better takes than those. Justin Bieber. <laughs> I could throw some examples in here. Please do it. Um, here's an example. <laughs> but anyways, like that became the main synth part for the verses um, of the song. And so that was literally just me ad-libbing some vocal parts over the original melody. And then he would take those and add um, like reverb and pitch shift them to be exactly on the right like pitch level for it. And so really he was using my voice as an instrument not to communicate words, but to communicate like a noise instead. Um, and so that that sounded pretty cool. And that was a, just a sweet idea that he kind of had and he executed that. And he did all the bass parts. Um, and then Steve obviously did the drums. I had played like some drums on a keyboard to just for the demo track. Um, and I mean, it was similar, but it wasn't exactly how I had, you know, drawn it up. And then I did like a little bit of, I, I did the piano part. I did the a little bit of an electric lead line in the chorus, I think. Um, did an organ part that's actually in the song that you don't really know is there. But oh, it's really? like a really subtle like B3 Hammond. Almost sounds like just a pad behind everything. But it's, Did we just switch to Japanese? What, what are we discussing here? A Hammond <laughs> B3 what? Organ. It's the it's okay. the 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 big daddy of all the organs. Big daddy of all. Yeah. Wait, you played the the real thing, or this was a, a sample? Yeah. On it actually a, was a real B three organ that I got to play. Whoa. So that was pretty sweet. All right. That was sweet. Can you play uh, organ? Well, I mean, it's not An that much organ, different than like a keyboard. Okay. I so. guess I can't play a keyboard, so maybe that's step one. <laughs> that would be step one. Yeah. Okay. So. For sure. Um. So that was cool. What else? Um. I obviously did the vocals. Yeah. We had a, he had a really friend. Good. I actually haven't even ever, ever met her, but the, the girl that did the backing vocals, um, there's a harmony part in there. Um, he just had a friend that he had swinging by that was like, Hey, can you record this for the song? And it worked Sick. out perfect. Wow. Um, so that was amazing. Um, and then, yeah. Oh, and then he has an assistant that works with him too, who did some of the other electric guitar stuff too. And that worked out great too. So like that, that electric part that you hear at the beginning and in the verses, um, that was him playing that, but it was all just us sitting in a room together, you know, thinking through, Oh, this is what we want here. This is what we want here. Play it, make sure we get a good take of it. And then it just all came together. Yeah. So what is, this is probably my last question about the studio stuff, but like, what is that like? Is it like, are you really particular? Is he really particular? Is it kind of like different stuff? People care more yeah. about different things. So I would say for me, it's more like I come in with maybe the, like I'm maybe the, like vision the, of like, the driver, like take a NASCAR team, for example. Okay. Like I'm, I'm Jimmy Johnson driving the car probably. I've got the the vision for it. I've I've got a path for where I want the song to go, what I want it to sound like. But Zach's the he's like the mechanic who's putting on the tires, he's fixing the oil, he's, you know, adding fuel. He's he's doing all these little detailed things that I don't really maybe pay that much attention to. Um so for example, when I'm in the studio like in the vocal booth recording the vocal part for it he's explaining to me like, oh, in this chorus part right here, your voice, like just the way your voice sounds, there's a little bit of like resonance in the mid, mid frequ middle frequencies that I'm just pulling back on a little bit. 
And that's like just through like these preamps basically that the mic runs through into all of his equipment. And so he's like that detailed where like a little piece of my voice he's hearing and being like, oh, that kind of like conflicts with the sound we're going for. So I'm pulling back on those resonances right there. I'm turning up maybe the the treble frequencies in in your upper range or whatever and things like that where it's like so detailed where like I maybe would know I when he says it I'm like okay like yeah I maybe understand that but I would never just like pick that out on my own with my ear probably he's doing that with a single recorded voice track or he tells you what he's doing and then you need to go sing it again he's doing that through his like preamps all of his knobs and things on, so his, you, on his board so you hit the vocals like so you, i, I like just you, sing like i sing felt good yeah right and then exactly. he does the editing and, yep. and tweaking yeah yeah, on. Okay, yeah yeah nice yep and so then and then a ton of that comes in the in the like final mixing of everything so he's getting a good equalization of every instrument every single every single voice every single instrument drums everything and then he's adding obviously like effects like reverb compressors all these kind of things that are um just pulling it together, making it sound like a song that you would, you know, hear on the, hear on the radio. So. Well, that's awesome, man. That is awesome. Um, okay. So we'll kind of move. I just got to, I mean, just a couple more things that are probably more basic, but so you've recorded the song. I mean, the, the performance, I guess, compared to recording it and mm. stuff like that. Did you, did you enjoy performing your own song more than so, a song that somebody else had written? Like, do you care more about how other people perform? I mean, talk to me about the performance side of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also, different. Also, quick pause, by the way. That will be our first and last NASCAR reference. And <laughs> yeah. you killed that, <laughs> yeah. man. I was like, mm, NASCAR reference? I don't, or NASCAR metaphor? I don't, I don't even know watch NASCAR. The... Honestly, I don't. Yeah. It just was what came to me. I Honestly, was trying to think something. I don't something even know if Jimmy Johnson's there. still a driver in, in NASCAR, <laughs> to be honest with you. So congratulations I, on that. Well, but. I am curious to know who the uh, theoretical Tony Stewart would have been in this process who's <laughs> trying to drive everybody off the road. Uh, uh, that's that's the Jeff. devil. 100% that's Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff, probably. <laughs> Good. Uh, okay, sorry. So back, back to back to the Wait, performance. Jeff Gordon? No, uh, <laughs> Jeff the youth pastor. Just kidding. Just kidding. Sidetrack. Sidetracked. Okay. Keep moving on. Uh, so yeah, the performance side of it. I mean... What is that? What is that like? Is it different? I guess um, I don't know. Talk to me about the performance. I mean, it's different song. because I think in my mind, as I'm re- like playing it live, you're like, eh, this isn't quite as good as the recording because right. the recording's obviously like perfected, and everything about it's perfected, and you kind of have control over all the instruments, all of everything. So if when you're playing it live, something goes wrong, or a part is missed, or something, or you don't have a specific part that you maybe had in the recording. Um, it's like, oh, this is a little different, but at the end of the day, it's still pretty close and pretty pretty similar. Um, I would say, like, since it was a new song for everybody over like Christmas time, um, there was a obviously probably like a learning period of of the people listening, like learning the song. So maybe it wouldn't have felt as worshipful as like a song like like Oh Praise the Name that we've sang for like months on months people are familiar with it we dive into that one and people like automatically get into this mode of like connecting with jesus because they like know it you know gotcha and there's something powerful about that but i think it was also really cool to just be able to teach teach it to people um from what i've heard feedback on it has been pretty good so it's been exciting to to see just where what's happened with it already so yeah 
as somebody who was not on the stage and wasn't in the studio, um, I thought it was easy to pick up on the song. I thought, you know, it was it was a very singable, pretty simple, yeah, singable. And then song. like the bridge, obviously, people know the bridge, so that was cool. Yeah, that was a cool part. I would say definitely because it's a song you're introducing, and then you dive into this part where it's like, all right, everybody, you all know this part. Like, let's mm-hmm. sing it out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, come, let us adore him, and people are excited about crowd that. And they get and they get into that. <laughs> oh, no crowd surfing. Okay. <laughs> Dude, that'd be epic. Mm, you should do so that sick. on a Sunday yeah. morning. I think. Is that appropriate on a Sunday morning during worship to crowd surf? Who's People already say? got their hands up if they're worshiping and stuff. So, so you're saying it'd be <laughs> dude? You, easy you grew up at an right assemblies of God church, man. Yeah. I mean, we got wild. We got wild. Um, okay, so and then I do have one more question, I guess. So, the from studio to live performance, <clears throat> things like the synth. And, and all those different things, mm-hmm. are you are you running your track in the background? Or like how mu- what portions of it are live and what right. portions are you just pulling from the recording? And Right. Um, it's a mix. Uh, and, and with most songs, since, especially since we're not like a massive band, our stage is pretty small. So we don't have like room to put a huge full band on stage. And um, so most of, for most songs anyways, I'm running some sort of tracks in the background just to kind of fill out some of the space. Um, but yeah, the kind of elements that a lot of times will end up in a track and were the case when we played this live for our Christmas Eve services, when I used a lot of the elements of the actual recorded song for the live performance, then, um, like that synth part, um, we used that, that kind of vocal synth part. Um, and then there's also like an actual, like played arpeggiated kind of synth part as well that was in the track. So a lot of, a lot of track stuff ends up being synth parts and um, maybe some percussion parts like a shaker or something that the drummer can't play because he's, you know, obviously playing his, his whole kit. Can we rewind to a one sentence definition of arpeggiated for Mm. the audience? Um, Thank you, Seth. So like certain times on a keyboard, if you press a, like if you uh, an arpeggiated arpeggiated note, I guess would be you maybe play an octave of a C and then a C up one octave, one low, one high. Yeah, and then you just hold it down, and the synth will just go like do 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 do. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Where it's okay. like bouncing between them. Okay. If you play multiple notes, it'll be like do 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 do. You know okay. whatever whatever that. So that, that would be our, an arpeggiated kind of synth kind of thing. Okay. And I don't know if that's exactly what was happening in the track, but well, hey, it's something had, like that. Just they needed a simple definition there. Yep. Yeah, that was good. Hopefully that, that good. helped. <laughs> Amazing. So the, the Justin Bieber synths and the arpeggios is what you're saying is in this. Yep. And then track. maybe a little bit of a synth bass part was in there. Um, and then there may have been like a shaker, I think. So that was it. That's what made it into the track. Otherwise, it's like we're just rolling with our live electric guitar, live bass, live keys, um, and drums, obviously. Yeah. Oh, and then the other cool part is like towards the end of the song, we go back to the chorus for the last time, and everything like drops out, and it's just my voice and like a like a vocoder kind of voice behind my voice. So basically, what that means is like. It's you're still hearing the words out. So if you were to take my like just main crisp vocal audio take out Very of it, crispy. you would you would still he- like understand the words of everything, but it would sound really synthy. Um, and it's like kind of playing notes. Um, 
so I don't even know, like, so it's like a baby born in the homeless places was the line there. And so I'm singing the the melody part to it. And underneath is like this monotone kind of harm, harm, harmony kind of part that sounds like a synth. That part made it into the track too. And that was, I just, that's a sweet part in the song. You'll and have it to sounds like look this. at it. Thanks. Thanks, Seth. We'll, we'll add Very that Very nice. Um, cool, man. I guess last question regarding all this stuff. Okay. You need to stop lying to the people. You've said, okay, last thing, three different times. <laughs> if we're going to be on this podcast, we're going to be honest. We're going to go ahead and cut out. That, uh, <laughs> you can ask your question. By Seth. Uh, this is legitimately the last question. All right. I will stake my life on it. Look look at me in the eyes right now. So we're asking this, this question. We're finishing. Question. And okay. then in, in approximately two and a half minutes, the, the people listening are going to hear for eternity played well yeah we gotta do our <coughs> we gotta do our last second segment but um, oh, that's right will revision worship be releasing any more music specifically christian rap that i would no not that okay well, that you would be starring in is yes. that what you're saying <laughs> but uh, will there be any more uh, music yeah, released? yeah i mean obviously budget comes into play sure. we don't have like a massive budget um as a church plant <laughs> so um, sorry, man. I just burped and it smells like blaze pizza. That's a bad one. All right. We're going to cut the podcast here. I'm going to go home and cry. No, I'm kidding. No, it's fine. I can't that smell was brutal. it. That's good. I apologize. Anyways, um, I would love to. I mean, I think if anything from this whole experience, it's just been a lot of fun. It's kind of opened up my eyes to like, eh, maybe I should like actually try to write some more music. Yeah. Um, even just and- to perform live. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true too. That's true too. Just stuff that we could perform at church and um, just some of our own worship songs. I don't know. I I don't. I I think it's 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 a fine line. You have to do it well in order for it to work. I don't always love when um, churches have all their own music that they sing, and it's kind of like, eh, it's okay. I would have to be pretty confident in like, okay, this is like a good song. I'm really excited about this song, like this is not really my song. It's like more God's song than it is my song. So those would be the ones where I'd be like excited to, to bring it to. I think I have, I think I have a pretty good idea of like what people want to sing and what people mm-hmm. don't and, and can pick songs for yeah. church pretty well. well I think it's kind so. of your job. So, I mean, I, it I, is, I feel yeah. like you, uh, you, you would be good at that, but, uh, well done. I, I mean, we, we really, I know I really enjoyed the song. I think Seth would echo oh, that. Yeah. And honestly, all of revision would echo that. And, and very cool thing as well. It got picked up on the new music Friday, like new Christian, new Christian music yeah. Friday or something. No like way. That. Yeah. 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 It's like 5,000 streams. It's pushing 5,000 streams. More than it? that now. Yeah. So it's, it's actually kind of gained a little bit Whoa. of a, what? Yeah. yeah. So, and this was like pretty quick, right in, <laughs> right into it. It got picked up by the, yeah new music or you like didn't, you didn't like you didn't new music promo. friday like spotify playlist you didn't like submit that or curated like. by spotify and it was like the third one on the playlist too yeah. so like people go in there and they see it right away which Wait, is great specific- because being on the top of the list is huge as opposed to being at the bottom of it so that was, i mean it was totally random is this like the general New Music Friday playlist with Lil Xan no, and no, Ariana? So there's a different there's one. there's different genres. So it's New Music Friday, but it's like the Christian oh. Christian one, dude. So that's still still big though. Like way awesome. this week's New New Music Friday for the Christian genre, the top four artists are 
like Cody Carnes, Bethel Music, Switchfoot, and Passion. I'd say that's good company. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's got 75,000 followers. So very cool that I got picked up. Sweet. Spotify, I do not know why you'd be listening, but thank you. If thank you, you are listening, we good appreciate uh, you helping out Revision Worship yeah, and, man. and uh, Grant. Grant. It was, whole, it was cool. I mean, that was group. just totally random and, and dumb luck, I guess, that we got picked up by that. So that's I sweet. didn't do anything to try and get on there. It just got picked up. So pretty cool. Very cool. Um, okay. Well, if you don't remember, the reason that this podcast is named Don't Hug a Mad Raccoon is because it's life advice from average dudes. So mm. we will finish out the podcast with our recurring segment of a little bit of life advice from the boys here. Um, I don't know if anybody's got one on deck. Mm. I went last week, my man. Yeah, you, uh, this well, the, technically it was like two or three weeks ago, but okay, we'll let you off the hook. Yeah, last for time. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm out of life advice. I feel like I spent a ton of time talking today, so it might be on you, Phil. Well, it looks like we're just not going to have one this <laughs> this time. Uh, no. Okay, I got one. All right, Grant's got one. Now um, I might throw in a little, little tidbit after that. And I'm actually lucky. going to steal from my wife's Instagram account. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was good. That's I thought it was way good. to do it, man. Um, let me find it. So this is actually life advice from Kiana Anderson. Um, but basically, so follow her on life, Instagram, by the way, Kiana Grant photography. And yeah. Follow me on spicy taco. <laughs> <laughs> um, basically life update for me and my fam. Maisie's been harvesting a gnarly fever the last couple of days um, and spewing, spewing, snot and things still cute though. all over um she's been very cuddly and just kind of sad which it's fun that she's cuddly but it's sad that she's she's got a fever sick. man yeah. yeah it's not but here's her post from the other day and i thought it was pretty good so here's the life advice um this morning has been a good depiction of my goal for 2019 she says i was anticipating the first normal monday morning home to start the year Wake up early, grab some coffee, get cracking on emails, feel productive, you know. Maisie wakes up with liquid spewing from every crevice of her face. Excuse the visual, but the picture you have in your head is probably not that far off. Um, So, haven't been out of my PJs yet. It's 11 a.m. so far, and um, all I've done today is cuddled, tried to make some breakfast, and read some books to my little girl. My resolution is right on track. I'm praying this year is one of intentional interruptions. Hustling to gain wealth and success in your business is fine and dandy, but I work my butt off so that when I have to take the morning to do to just be with my baby, I have every bit of margin to do so. I want to look back on this year and see where I let God interrupt my plan for his. It's a strange practice, really. Being available doesn't come naturally in a selfish culture. It takes work, and I'm ready and waiting and excited to be more present with my people. So, my life advice is, well, Kiana's life advice is just be present this year and and i think she she nailed it when she said you know it's hard in a selfish culture where it's all about us to to take time and and to be present and to be available for the people around you and the people that matter in your life and so yeah there you have it i think that's good yeah don't um don't at the end of 2019 be like oh my gosh it, that year just came and went it just flew by like that's good in some ways but you know really make sure that um you know, this year that I don't even think is bad. Set some goals and, and try to achieve those goals. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a year long goal. It can be, you know, just 
track your progress and every day just enjoy the and um, it can be a goal that's like pursuit. almost an anti-goal like that you know where it's like goals tend to be i gotta accomplish this i gotta accomplish this i gotta accomplish this to be healthy or whatever it's good intentions which is good like have goals like that that's good mm -hmm. but like to have almost an anti-goal where it's like okay i'm gonna try and create some margin so that there's room for other things that yeah. really mm -hmm. truly do matter i like that i'd like to follow up on that on another podcast because i think there's a lot of content there some some stuff that's a we could even invite kiana on to Ooh, guest deal. pod you hear that kiana well specifically we want Maisie on the podcast but you know might be a couple of goo goo couple couple of uh well, I was going to say well, a couple of years before she'd be... No, we can put her on now. Let's just hope that she's done spewing things from her body. The, that's, that's the main thing that we want to be done. The mics might get a little slobbery yeah. here. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys, remember, very average life advice. Do not hug a mad raccoon. Try to be present this year. I think that's it for us, you, you know? Hope you have a freaking great time, and we'll see you next time we see you. Indeed. Thanks for listening to this edition of Don't Hug a Mad Raccoon. As we close out today, we're going to play the song we were talking about, For Eternity by Revision Worship. You can go download that and buy it on all music platforms, Amazon, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, all the above, whatever else there might be out there. It's just probably on it. So yeah, Any profits going back to Revision Church. It's true. So that we can create more music, hopefully. Let's go. So here it is, For Eternity. cries for Savior. So cries out for a king. We desperate here for a savior. We desperate here for a Places piercing the night with the light that invaded eternity. A child has become the hope for all nations, now king over all. You're calling us into eternity for eternity.
of places Piercing the night with the light that invaded eternity A child has become the hope for all nations Now king over all